The following audio is from Lifehouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or at lifehousechurch.org. Henry Ford said, if you always do what you've always done, you will get what you've always got. Einstein said something very similar. He said, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over, expecting different results. Meaning if you keep doing the same thing, you get the same outcome, and it's crazy to expect a different outcome. I mean, how many of you have set the same New Year's resolution year after year after year? How many of you have been struggling with needing to make changes in your life but it's the same changes that, need, that are needed year after year after year. You know who the hardest person to change is? You, me, right? Like the hardest person for me to lead is myself. The hardest place for me to lead change is in my own home. It's easier to go to a different community and, and bring change there than it is to impact our own community. Why? Because we have a tendency to keep doing the same thing over and over and over in our own homes, in our own lives, in our own communities, expecting different results. Why is it hard to lead ourselves and lead those immediately around us and see change happen in our lives, in our homes, in our neighborhoods? Part of it is because familiarity breeds contempt. Part of it is we develop a blindness to what is obvious around us. You, you no longer even notice the homeless man on the corner. You no longer even recognize the trouble in your neighbor's home and are praying for it. You, you start to become numb to the trouble and the chaos ar- around you immediately. We get used to our own issues. And then when we try to change, right? So, I mean, this is what goes on, right? Like you, you recognize that you need to work on something in your life and then you tell the people around you, man, I'm gonna make this change. And, and they might not say it, but they kind of roll their eyes. Like, yeah, I've, I've heard that before. And somehow that, that over-familiarity gives you permission to not follow through because you haven't followed through before. Or it's this struggle and it's this battle and, You know, people are used to you dealing with that in your life. And so there's almost this permission or this lack of accountability where I can just keep doing what I've always done and I'm gonna get what I've always gotten. And it's crazy to think that you're gonna get different results if you keep doing what you've always done. And so here's what we know. We won't change unless the pain of change is less than the pain of staying where we are, right? So... Let me say it again. We only change when the pain of staying where we are is worse than what we fear uh, the pain of changing will be, right? So if, if, it's, if it's harder to stay where I am, then I'll change no matter what. So what would it take for us to see our own lives changed, our own homes changed, our neighborhoods changed, our city changed, our, our, our nation changed? What I wanna challenge you with is that you and I, we don't really set out to, nor I do, do I think it's appropriate to say, hey, I'm gonna change the world. Now, when you're very young, I think absolutely. Man, you, you, your ambition can be, should be 
change the world. But I think as you grow up and you, you get older, you start to realize, well, the most significant thing I can do is change my own life. But let me be clear. Truth is, not only do you and I not change the world, truth is we don't really change ourselves. No, change has a name. His name is Jesus. I, I want to introduce you to a story of how Jesus changed people's lives, and because Jesus changed their lives, changed the world. We're going to jump into the, the story. It's, uh, I, I've shared these individuals, a little bit of their stories throughout this series, but I'm going to introduce you to four guys. They're, they're a pair of brothers. Uh, their dads, John, whose sons uh, run the fishing business, uh, Simon and Andrew, and then Zebedee, who's got the sons, uh, James and John. And so these two, these two sets of brothers are each helping their dads run a fishing business on the north shore of the Sea of Galilee, and they live in the, the small town of Capernaum where Jesus has been, and you know, he travels through there pretty frequently, and he's regularly teaching there. On this particular day, uh, both sets of brothers and their dads have been out fishing all night. Only they caught nothing. Talk about frustrating. If you've ever spent a long period of time out hunting or out fishing and you've got nothing to show for it for an extended period of time, what should be enjoyable becomes frustrating and painful. You don't even really want somebody to ask, hey, how did it go today? And that's where our story is going to pick up in the gospel according to Luke chapter 5, where he gives this account one day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, otherwise known as the Sea of Galilee, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. So here it is. They've been working all night. They've been fishing all night. They caught nothing. And now they're busy washing and mending their nets. Jesus is teaching a huge crowd of people right on the shoreline. And he looks over and he sees these brothers cleaning their nets while he's teaching. Jesus pauses because the crowd is so big that he's literally stepping back into the water. People are just pressing because they want to hear, they want to be near Jesus. And so he asks them, hey, let me get in the boats, take me out a little bit into the water. And so Jesus, standing on one of the boats, teaches right off the shoreline. And so he's teaching the crowd. I mean, what a cool sight to see. And then after he teaches... He pauses and he tells these two sets of brothers, hey, take me out into the lake. Let's go fishing. Now, a couple things about this. Jesus might be the rabbi. He might be the expert on teaching crowds about the kingdom of heaven. But I mean, Simon and Andrew and James and John and their dads who spent their lifetime fishing, they're the experts on the sea. They're the experts on fishing. And you know, there's a couple things about this. You fish in the evening, you fish early in the morning. You don't fish later in the day. You're not going to catch anything. And then secondly, you know, they had already spent the peak hours fishing and caught nothing. They have nothing to show for it. What is this, you know, religious rabbi, what does he know about fishing? So Simon, who 
later, Jesus calls Peter. The story picks it there, and it simply says in verse 5, Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard. Notice that. We worked hard all night, and we've caught nothing. We haven't caught anything. There's this moment where you kind of get right down to the heart of what's going on in these guys' life. Where, right where we're at the cusp of change. I've given my very best. I've given all I've got to my family. I've worked hard to get my life right. I've worked hard to fight this addiction. I've worked hard to to try to turn my finances around. I've invested a lot of energy to, to fix or heal my marriage. I've worked really hard to reconcile with my children. I've worked really hard. I mean, I've done religion. I've gone to church. I've given. I've got nothing to show for it. Maybe at the very least, there's a lesson that jumps off the, the pages of the life of Jesus and these disciples. That when you spend your life working with broken nets and you try to get filled, you try to satisfy yourself with what broken nets do not catch, you're left empty and longing for more. Let let me push into that. What's the story here? Jesus is inviting them away from this life. In just a moment, Jesus is gonna invite them to leave behind their nets, step away from their boats, and follow him. To radically shift the focus from their life from futility to a life of following Jesus. See, here's the deal. Life change happens when we leave the familiar behind. If you keep doing what you've always got, you're gonna get what you've always gotten. So if we're gonna get something different, we have to do something different. One of the best counseling statements you could ever hear is do it differently. Right, if you keep doing what you've always done, you're gonna get what you've always gotten. If you keep doing the same thing in your marriage, you're gonna get the same results. If you keep speaking to people the same way, you're gonna get the same results. If you keep spending your money the same way, you're gonna get the same results. If you keep having the same attitude, if you keep leaning into the same addictions, if you keep using the same vices to make you feel better, right? You're gonna get the same results. Meaning if you keep going out and fishing with broken nets, trying to satisfy yourselves with what... Broken nets can catch, you'll always stay unsatisfied, unfulfilled, right? So we've got to leave the familiar behind in order to experience life change. I I feel like, let, let me just, I want to say this clearly. I feel like you can kick into like sermon watching mode. You're listening to me and you're like, there's a certain attitude or a certain mindset that we kick into when we're in church and we're hearing a message. So I I, I really want to get your attention. I I want you to lean in with me. Something has to change or you get the exact same results. You've got to be willing to leave the familiar behind if you're going to experience a life change that you want and that God wants for you. Right, this, this moment is the epitome of futility. 
This is what they do as a job, as a career, as a provision. And they go out and they fish. And this particular day, right? And, and I love this because it just happens to be the day where they went out all night and caught nothing. Now, they have a lucrative business. This just happens to be the day where they caught nothing. And their nets are broken. And they're washing their nets. And Jesus just happens to be going by. Jesus just happens to be teaching on the shoreline. Jesus just happens to need their boat, right? Like for some of you, what, what you, what you got to catch is that this moment for you just happens to be the moment where the circumstances of your life have aligned, where right, right now you are mending broken nets, you have worked hard, you've given your best, and you have nothing to show for it. Hopefully what you can hear from this story is it wasn't happenstance. It was providence. This was Jesus' design to catch them at the moment of their futility. What have you been working really hard at? That's not producing what it should be producing. Where are you fishing with empty nets? You're trying, you're giving your bets, but you're not getting anything because there's holes in the nets. Or where are you trying to fill yourself with what you can catch. What are you trying to mend right now in your life? It's hurting and broken. It's not right. Where do you feel dissatisfied? I promise you that in that specific place, Jesus wants to meet you and he wants to invite you to leave the familiar behind. He wants you to try to do it, not just try, let me be very clear. He wants you to do it differently. Because you and I, we don't change the world and we don't change our world. We are changed. Change has a name. His name is Jesus. Let's jump back into the story. Let me read the verse just before the one I had read. So I'm going to read to you verse four and five. When he had finished speaking, meaning speaking to the crowds, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, master, we've worked hard all night we haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. Here, here's where I want to catch your attention. There was a challenge that Simon and Andrew, James and John and their dads, John and Zebedee, were experiencing in that particular moment. There was other nights that they had caught plenty of fish. Their business was going well. On this particular night, they were facing, or this particular morning, they were facing a challenge. They had made no money. They caught no fish. This was going to be a, a meager moment. And Jesus met them in their challenge to invite them to experience life change. Your challenges are an invitation for life change. Let me say it again. Your challenges, the challenges you are facing are an invitation for Jesus to change your life. This is the place where God wants to bring you to a place where you can experience life change. You think it's a problem. Jesus sees it as an invitation. You thought that that, that situation in your finances is a catastrophe. It's also an invitation. I'm not saying God caused it. I, I, I'm not suggesting that Jesus caused Peter or Simon and Andrew and James John not to catch anything that night. It just happened. 
that they didn't catch anything. And it just happened that Jesus met them in that moment. It just happens that where you are right now in the challenges you're facing, Jesus wants to meet you. The greatest holes in our nets, I mean, the things that leave us broken and the greatest emptiness from our fishing all night and catching nothing comes from something spiritual, something much deeper inside of every one of us. You ever, you ever wondered why you could, you could enjoy that vacation or go out and buy something new that you've been looking forward to for so long and you finally get it? And within a day or two, it just doesn't feel like you thought it would feel. You, you graduate with that degree and, and you thought it was at a give you something and it, and it doesn't. You, you get married and then it, within a short amount of time, you realize that this marriage does not satisfy your deepest longing. Have you ever noticed that all these things that we put our hope in, all these things that we hope to catch, they don't satisfy? That's right. Because deep inside of every one of us, there is a longing for something more. The, the emptiness the brokenness in us comes from a spiritual place that Jesus called sin. Sin is this deep drive to push away from God. Sin is the tearing of the nets. Sin is the emptiness of the nets. It leaves our lives empty and broken. And then no matter what you put in, it leaks out because your life can't hold on to it. And even if it could, what you put in would never satisfy. There's no relationship. There's no achievement. There's no accomplishment. There's no medication or drug or hobby or habit that could ever deeply fill and satisfy. It always either just leaks out or leaves us with this sour, bitter taste that that's not really what I wanted or needed. It's good, but it's not what I need most. This sin that leaves us broken and empty does something vastly worse. It leaves us on a life course toward a forever without God because God can never allow sin into heaven and he can't be in relationship with sin. So we're separated from relationship with God headed toward a forever without God, facing eternal judgment. And that's where the story continues, right? If we jump into these guys' story, we, we've, we have to continue to read. Jesus says, let down your nets. And, and it says that they said they did so because Jesus said for them to, right? And, and this is where our story picks up, verse six. And when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. Do you think this story is about fishing? About two, brother, you know, two sets of brothers and their dad's fishing business? You could easily read from this story and go right back to where we started. Oh, Jesus is the answer to my problems. 
If I believe in Jesus, he will fix my problems. My business is struggling. If I, if I believe in Jesus and I pray, he'll make my business prosper. If my marriage is struggling, if I believe in Jesus, he'll fix my marriage as if Jesus is like, you know, this Santa Claus that just comes along and their business is struggling and Jesus is going to give them the catch of a lifetime. And this is, let me be really clear. They've never had a catch like this. They've never seen a catch like this. This is a catch of a lifetime. This is winning the $1.5 billion lottery. This catch changes everything. I mean, really, when, you, when you've got your nets filled to the point where you can't drag them in and their boat's gonna sink and you put all the fish, you fill up both boats and you're still dragging fish, th- this is payday. They're rich, be- they- they've just got rich. The point of this is yes, Jesus could turn everything around in a moment. You've been wanting to lose weight and and you thought that if you lost more weight, you'd feel better about yourself. I mean, in an instant, God can solve that. You thought that if you got that promotion and you got that increase in your pay, that would make you worth more inside. In an instant, God can give you the promotion and give you more money. What he's showing them is, yes, I have the power to turn everything around instantly. I am Lord of the catch. I am Lord over the fish. I am Lord over the sea. Here we go. Let's jump in. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and he said, go away from me, Lord. Notice what he says, go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. It's like in a moment he recognizes this catch is otherworldly. We could fish our entire lives. We, we could, hundreds of people could fish hundreds of lifetimes and no one would ever have a catch like this because this catch is otherworldly. There's something supernatural going on here and Simon Peter recognizes that and so he goes, get away from me. I'm unworthy. You are Lord. You're Lord of creation. You're Lord of our lives and I, I'm just a sinful man. My, it's not just that my nets are broken. I'm broken. It's not just that uh, I haven't caught anything all night. It's that my life is empty. I can't be near you. For he and all of his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. What astonishes you? How does God want to astonish you? Here's what he wants to do. Jesus is your life change story. You could could set New Year's resolution goals year after year after year. And some of you, you can make some changes. And it would be a great story that others would want to hear for a few moments. But Jesus is your life change story. He doesn't just fill nets. He satisfies souls. He doesn't just repair broken nets. He repairs broken hearts. See, Jesus saw that you and I, we were, we were fishing all night. We were working hard. We were giving our best. And then we had given up because our best wasn't good enough. We're fishing with broken nets and we're left empty. So Jesus doesn't just come from heaven to earth to 
help for you know, guys in their fishing efforts. He steps into our futility, into our sin, brokenness, and emptiness, and he becomes one of us to rescue us. Jesus, if you fast forward from this moment, later in his life, he willingly is crucified to take on the curse of our sin, the judgment of our sin. He takes on our emptiness, our futility, and our finality in death. He dies in our place once for all. Once for all, meaning never again should anyone have to face an eternity far from God. Once for all, Jesus took on all of the consequence of punishment of sin so that anyone who believes in Jesus by faith is forgiven and given new and forever life. How? Because Jesus not only died, he rose from the dead because he is Lord, not only of the fish, he's not only Lord of the catch, he's not only Lord of the sea, he's the Lord of the grave. He's the Lord over death. He's the Lord of life. He didn't come so that people would die, but live. When you believe in Jesus by faith, you are forgiven and given new and forever life. That's the story. That's how life change happens is because people like Simon and Peter, people like me, they see how Jesus changes everything. And I go, you pull back and you go, wait, you're Lord and I'm sinful. I need what you have. How does God want to astonish you today? What would it take to catch your attention? Let me, let me jump back in the story. There's one more important piece of this. We're going to jump in verse 10 and 11. Then Jesus said to Simon, because remember Simon says, get away from me. I, I'm, I'm sinful, your Lord. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, <laughs> I love this, you will fish for people. Now, Simon had fished all night with his brother and his friends, caught nothing. He recognizes Jesus as the Lord of the catch. He's scared because he recognizes that Jesus is Lord and he's a sinner. Jesus says, you don't have to be afraid. From now on, I, right? Like, this is the point, right? Like, from now on, you could go fish for men and you'd be totally unsuccessful. But when I give you life change, you're gonna go fishing for people and you're gonna catch them. I love how Jesus uses the analogy or the metaphor that they're most familiar with. He, he speaks in fishermen's language to fishermen. He speaks in accountant's language to accountants and engineering language to engineers. He speaks to... You know, the contractor in contractor's language. Jesus speaks your language. And here's what he's doing. He's, so it says this. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything and followed him. They left everything and followed him because they saw that Jesus could give them what they wanted and it would never satisfy them. Jesus could give you what you want and it would never satisfy you. No, because what you and I need is life change. We need to stop doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. And so Jesus wants to change our life from doing what we've always done to doing something differently. And the differently that we do is believing in Jesus as our Lord and Savior, when, and, and not just, right, not just to save us, but as our Lord, the Lord over our life. And when Jesus begins to rewrite the story of our life and our lives are radically changed, 
Here's the key, right? This is what you see in this moment. Your life change changes your world. Say it again. Your life change changes your world. You, you ever been around somebody who they made like one of those major life changes? They, they, um, they were struggling in unhealth. Uh, maybe they had just an unhealthy lifestyle and they just made this massive change. And as their life began to change, maybe, maybe their diet or their exercise routines or their habits, it inspires others. People feel challenged when they get around them. When, you're, when your life is changed by Jesus, it changes your world. You can't help it. Now, let me, let me give you a brief flyover, right? I, I've shared some of these stories with you throughout this series, but if you look at Simon, who gets nicknamed Peter or Rock by Jesus, I've shared the story of how he goes on to be one of the key leaders of the early church. He, he's the one that preached the first sermon after Jesus is uh, crucified, resurrected, and ascends to heaven. Peter preaches, and 3,000 people come to faith in Jesus. The church begins. Peter is the spokesperson for the early church. He, he, uh, his story is told in the first 12 chapters of the book of Acts. He's the one that begins the, the, the initiative that the message of Jesus should go beyond just the Jewish community. You have his brother Andrew, who is later, uh, or in the early church, is martyred for his faith, but is someone who regularly brings people to Jesus. He brought Simon, Peter, to Jesus. Yet James and John, James is also martyred because of his faith in Jesus. He's a servant. He, he, he's, um, he's someone who loves deeply. John is the one who lives longest of all the disciples. He, he's a pastor. He's an evangelist. He's an author. He writes the gospel, the gospel of John. He writes, uh, probably writes the the three letters called 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. He probably writes the book of Revelation. He was exiled to the island of Patmos. John changes his world. You've got guys like Thomas, who's known as Doubting Thomas. But you ever notice this? Doubting Thomas was the first one to profess. After Jesus rose from the dead, he was the first one to say, my Lord and my God. First one. You know what? That guy, Thomas, we call him Doubting Thomas. He went on to start churches, to preach the gospel. He made his way all the way, it's believed, to India, where Thomas is really believed to be the evangelist of the nation of India, where many churches and the church of India puts its roots all the way back to Thomas's preaching, where he is eventually martyred, put to death for his preaching. We know that Matthew made his way down probably to Ethiopia, where he was put to death. Every one of the early disciples, except John, was martyred for their faith, leading the church, preaching good news. You know what they did? They didn't set out to change the world. They went out to share how Jesus changed them, and that changed the world. They, they set out to tell people how Jesus changed their world, and that changed the world. This is important. Just don't hide what you have. Share what you've been given. Would you share with somebody how Jesus has changed your life? Look, if, if Jesus is the most important person in your life, would you tell somebody? You, would, you wouldn't keep, I mean, if you, were, if you were a single person and you met somebody and you're dating and you, you just became head over heels madly in love and then you got engaged, 
You, you have other friends. You don't not tell them that. If you don't tell them about the fact that you're madly in love with this person and you're engaged, then they're going to interpret, when they find out, they're going to go, I don't think he really, that person really loves them that much. Because you're going to tell everybody about the person you love most. And when Jesus gets a hold of your life and you experience life change, you want to tell people. Would you make it your mission to share with people how Jesus has changed your life? And here's what happens. Because of the change that happens in you, it changes the world around you. You've been freed from addictions. You want to share with people how they can be freed from addictions. You've come up from a place of poverty and brokenness where you've made decisions that have trapped you in that. And then God begins to change your life. You begin to share that with others. You want to express generosity. However God has changed you, would you bring that change to others? You are the response of God to the pain and the problems around you. If we keep doing what we've always done, we're gonna get what we've always got. But when we encounter Jesus and he radically shifts our life and our life is changed by Jesus. Remember I said, we don't change the world. We don't even change ourselves. Change has a name and his name is Jesus. The life change you're gonna experience is only gonna happen through the person of Jesus. Can I pause for a moment? What, I, what I'm hoping is that every one of you would apply this to your life right now. So I'm gonna ask you at each of our campuses, right now you're watching this, you're, you're in Hagerstown, you're in Chambersburg, can I, can I, you're joining us online. Can I encourage you? Just pause for a moment. Would you close your eyes? All across our campuses. I believe that every one of you are at a place where there's some things that you gotta stop doing because you've always done it that way. And there's a new way. There's a Jesus way that he wants to meet you and change your life. But there's one specific question I wanna ask to a group of you. And that is, are you ready to say yes to Jesus Christ as your Lord and your savior? He could give you what you want, but that would never satisfy you. What you most need is life change that happens through Jesus. And if you're ready to say yes, to a relationship with Jesus. I wanna encourage you to, to let somebody know, let us know. So here's what I'm asking you to do. If you're in one of our campuses, we got everybody else that you've got their eyes closed. Would you personally, would you raise your hand right now and say, yeah, that's me. Yep, that's me. I, I, know, it's, I know it might feel a little awkward, but just slip your hand up in the air. Why? Because we've got a, a team, we've got greeters who want to just put a card in your hand we want you to fill that out to let us know that you're saying yes to Jesus. So again, at each of our campuses right now, would you slip your hand up and say, yeah, that's me. I want that life change through Jesus. If you're joining us online, you, there's a QR code that comes up. You can scan that QR code and you can fill out the same, the connect card that goes with that. The point is we want you to, we want you to let us know. Again, thank you for those of you that are raising your hands right now. Now for each of you that raised your hand, or you're scanning that QR code and you're filling out that form, I wanna take a moment and pray over you. And then I wanna pray over all of us. Jesus, for those that have said yes to you today, we celebrate. Our hearts are racing because we know that every hand going up and every QR code scan is a new story of a life changed. A life that could never have been changed by them doing the same thing over and over again. And so God, we celebrate with them. 
And as they're saying yes to Jesus, God, would you come? Would you forgive them of sin? Would you give them new life and forever life? Would your Holy Spirit meet them and fill them with this new life? Now, God, for every one of us, we know that that life change has a name, Jesus. Jesus, would you meet each one of us in the places where our lives need to be changed? Would you change us so that we can become the agents of change in our homes, in our relationships, in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces? Would you do it in us so you could do it through us? In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org.